0: What is up, everybody? What's up, LinkedIn? I am not live on my usual day. I'm usually live on Wednesdays, but if any of you guys know, we had Global TA Day uh, with ATAP, and I was pretty involved in that event, setting everything up and kind of in the the behind the scenes, and I had a couple sessions. So uh, I decided to do a special show this Friday, and I am super excited about our guest, our topic Um, and the event that we're gonna be talking about today. But before we get started, I wanna give a huge shout out to MetaView. I'm repping the uh, MetaView brand. If you guys don't know MetaView, I know i posted quite a few times about them recently, but they do um, AI transcription for interviews, for hiring manager debriefs, um, everything in between. So if you are sick of taking notes you gotta try MetaView, and I'm gonna I'll drop the link as well in the the uh, the comments of the show. But as always, guys, get in the chat. Let me know who's out there. I see Lewis out there. So Lewis, what is up? Who else is out there? Let me know who you are, where you're from, all the good stuff. And then if you have questions about the event that we're gonna be talking about today, definitely get in the chat and let us know. Um, Only thing I'm going to say, guys, this is not the forum to be just asking for jobs. If you are looking for a job, definitely, you know, you could get in the chat and say that, but we're not going to be talking about like open jobs and recruitment um, in that way. So I just always like to give that um, little message as well, but great to see everybody out there. Uh, I am going to welcome our guest here. So let me find the right screen. Jamie, welcome. Good to see you.
1: Hey, buddy. How you doing?
0: I am good. So, uh, Jamie, why don't you give us a quick intro? Who you are, what you do, and uh, and where you are right now, as well. More, most importantly, um. So, Jamie
1: Leonard, CEO, co-founder of the recruitment events company, um, best known for Breakfast. Breakfast has been running in the UK now for ten years, close to. Um, it's the largest event in the world for talent acquisition. It's TA's only mega event. And uh, for the first time ever, we come to the U.S. next week in Nashville, Tennessee. Where am I right now? I'm currently on Broadway, so I apologize about the noise. I thought we are going to have a, 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 a quiet place, but uh, Broadway does Broadway things and all of a sudden, it's a little bit crazy outside.
0: <laughs> hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, Metaview. Metaview is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're saved from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. It also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. I love it, man. I love it. Well, guys, if you're um, if you're out there and you're going to Wreckfest, which is next week in Nashville, why don't you get in the chat? Let us know. I want to know who's out there so I can meet you and I'm sure uh, – jamie will be out about to uh meeting everybody so let us know in the chat if you're planning to go um and i've also got a link to for, for a discount which i'll put in the comments i see rob rob are you going rob looks like he's from uh pennsylvania so i don't know if he'll be going but uh let us know in the chat who is going so let me ask you this how many uh how many recruiters right now do, do you have going to the event i'm curious
1: so it's crazy, so we was uh, we were shooting for 1,000 registrations or tickets sold, and we flew, we flew through that about four weeks ago, and you know, we didn't know much about the US event space and that kind of um, flow of tickets, and someone said, oh, a, you're going to get a big uplift towards the final couple of weeks. So we knew there was going to be a spike. We went to um, that's the recreation department and said, look, we, we need more than 1,000, so they up to 1,500 for us. So I think we're currently set about 1,250 tickets. I think we'll probably get to about a thousand on a the day. Yeah, there's, there's always drop off in, in any event you do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we'll end up with about a thousand recruiters on that field.
0: I love that. And and uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show as well. I'm curious, like why why Nashville? Like uh, you know, I think of with a lot of events, I think like Vegas, LA, uh, maybe even Chicago. But Nashville, I'm pumped because it's the first time I'm going to be going to Nashville. So <laughs> what what kind
1: of inspired Nashville? Um, Nashville is un- unapolog- unapologetically Nashville, and uh, I think Breakfast has a similar mentality where we're, we're unapologetically ourselves. Um, look, we spoke to a bunch of TA leads and done all our kind of our homework before we come out. And when we mentioned, you know, potentially California or Las Vegas, it was always kind of, uh, we've done it, you know, not another Las Vegas event, we've done it, you know, it's over and over again. And then when we started talking about Nashville, you see people's eyes start to light up. It's like, okay, yeah, that's the town that I'd really like to visit. That would add something to the event. It really kind of taps into what Breakfast is all about. Obviously, Breakfast being a festival, that music vibe. It's, you know, it's very. Um, it's got a lot of soul to it. It's, it's authentic, and it just aligns. So, well, you know, this is the place we came over. We uh, we checked the field and, and we, we spent two days on Broadway. said, so, well, this is where we're gonna be. I
0: love it. Like Nathan said. The Nashville hot chicken, duh. Of course. I mean, the food in Nashville. I'm looking. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Uh, you Nathan, go. you gonna are you gonna be there? Nathan, let us know.
1: Sorry, couldn't you say- up there? No, no. I was gonna say, on the hot chicken front, so I tried hot chicken earlier. Um, and you folks do not know what medium spicy means. That was not medium spicy. <laughs> I blew my head off. Um, I, 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 I don't think we used the spice in the UK. I I said to the, the lady, I was like, "I will take hot." She sort of looked at me when, and mean, "No, you won't." And I was like, "Okay." I'm <laughs> go down a little bit.
0: I feel like there's, I mean, there's some like hot Indian food though in the UK. So I feel like it it can get hot, but uh, yeah, like yeah. I will be trying it, if I can get passed out uh, pretty early on. Yeah. So give us kind yeah. of the lay of the land too. Yeah. So you've got like what 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 do you think makes Wreckfest different to I don't know, like the the standard kind of conference. Like give it give us kind of the vision here.
1: I I think Raypress was born out of a hatred for the standard conference, certainly by myself and the people that were building it. The idea that, you know, it's the same speakers, everyone's in suits and ties, it's regurgitated content, very little put into the actual person person networking side. I very much want a vendor to buyer, you know, big bold handshake and business card in the in the fish bowl and I am not be fan of that. And, you know, myself and my wife are always very big festival fans. And we just thought 10 years ago there's a way of doing this differently. And can we adapt the festival format and the ethos of so many festivals? And can we create something that's more aligned to Glastonbury or Burning Man or a Fringe Festival as opposed to a HR tech, for example, which, don't get me wrong, has its place. You know, those yeah. kind of big, the big conferency conferences have their place. And, and you know, right so. but we wanted to offer something different. We wanted to give people something that aligns to what they do in their weekends as opposed to their their their, 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 their day job. And that's what Breakfast created. It created this kind of mix of um celebration. Um, you know, certainly an education piece, a piece that really, really put a lot of emphasis into the people to people connection part. Um, and ultimately giving TA people uh you know another day which by the way um, global TA Day looks amazing as well. Massive props to everyone that's involved in that. Really, really loved what, what you folks did with that. But we wanted to give them a day where they could celebrate themselves. And breakfast it yeah. is that day.
0: No, I lo- I love that, and I know uh, Nathan. So Nathan's excuse for not going is he's got a little one. I mean, come on, babies are welcome, right? Just just kidding. Now you want to stay home with the baby. <laughs> uh, but congratulations to to Nathan there. Jenna said, "I wish I could go. I wish I knew about this sooner." Hey, look, we were all talking about it, Jenna. So you you should have known pretty early uh but no i what, what do you think for for next year are you gonna up the amount of people going because i feel like you guys did it. like i was obviously involved in a marketing for global ta day i was kind of like putting putting it together and i know um we were really impressed with the way that you guys went to market it was like everybody had like a push i've been seeing people talk about it um so do you next year are you planning kind of like
1: bigger more more people do you think yeah, 100%. So if you look at the growth in the UK, um, 10 years ago, we were 100 people here to beg to get into a room. Uh, and every year that doubled and doubled. And you know, now we're at 5,000 people last year, will be 6,000 people next year. And that's that's the UK as well. That's like so We're a tiny little island. There's not, yeah, there's that's any like 4, everybody in the UK. Is everybody in but, the UK a recruiter? L- l- literally. It's like we've only got 40,000 TA people. So you know to say that 10% are in the field at the same time is pretty mind-blowing. So no, look, the opportunity over in the US us to create you know something of the same scale or bigger you know we could do very quickly in the us if look we get this right and fingers crossed it sounds like people are really liking the idea and hopefully we execute as well as we can next week if we can show people something that is not only a celebration but a benefit what we yeah. want we want recruiters recruiters managers leaders going back to the business being better than what they were before they attended the event and implementing some of those um ideas and strategies and you know, hacks that they learned at the event and, and making their hiring process and their hiring um, uh, uh, um, strategy better. And that's ultimately what it is. So if the companies can see that, if, company, if, it's, if an HRD can go, I sent my team to Wreckfest, they've come back motivated, excited, better that. connected with better tools, and they're doing the job better, they're going to send them back next year. Um, if you look at the UK, between 2022 and 2023, 86% of companies return to Rec Fest. Now, for a trade show, that's unheard of. 40% is considered very, very good. We have to be doing the same. Right, so if we can do that in, over here in the US, if we can do that next week, the, the opportunity scale is, is huge. And I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, man, I, I love that so much. I think, too, the timing with... Um, man, it's just been a brutal year for recruiting. Like, in the US, probably, I mean, everywhere, right? It's just been a uh, tough year. And so I just feel like... Getting that in person and like just like you said, a celebration, but like in person is, is huge. Um, and and I just think like the topics that people are talking about are gonna be amazing as well. So, so I love that. Now, I w- I'm curious, like, with how do you how do you kind of plan an event when you're not in the country? Because I've, I was planning, I mean, I was planning an event online and look, I am not a planner and I had a lot of help and it was just it was a lot of work. Can't even imagine an in person event. And being out of country, so
1: like, how how did you manage that? I think there's a couple of things. I, I think you know, look, props to our team. We have, you know, in my opinion, the best event team in, in this industry. I don't see anyone doing anything near what what I can do. And um, it's also really, you know, we, we work with a rich really partner as well. And the is there and they're kind of just partners So they build. They're, they're the ones that scout the locations. They're bringing the big tops. They you know the the water and the working local authorities, that stuff. And they're great. But really, where it came from is this is group of the US kind of friends we made along the way, like Chad and Cheese and Shannon Pritchard um, and, and, uh, and Lars and, and Tim, and all those folks that have been to the right have seen it. And these were the folks who said to us, Look, this will work. If you come to the US, it will work. So we can lean, lean on them and say, Hey, listen, you know, do we do the same thing? Is there nuances we need to change? And they've given us some amazing advice to help us. It's not geo-cloning, because geo-cloning would say we're bringing the same event over. There are nuances that we have to abide by. Um, sourcing is a great example. In the UK, we don't, sourcing isn't really a big deal. And they, these folks the first one say, hey, listen, you need a sourcing stage if you want to, you know, bring in this community and, and, and help them as well. So it is. they give us a lot of really, really positive, really good advice um, that have helped us uh, and allowed us to kind of create the differences for this specific show.
0: I love this comment here. Goal, become a recruiter so I can go to RecFest. Sounds so
1: amazing.
0: I, um, I love that. Look, here's a big difference too. You know, It's just like the beer over in the US is just – it's not as good as the the, as the UK. So, uh, oh, I probably got some <laughs> I don't know. people mad.
1: I know. Well, they got the IPA. Oh, IPA IPAs big in the UK? They got it. Yeah, big. yeah. IPA is a massive. Craft beer is huge over here as well. Yeah. And I got told off earlier because – um, um Chad so much. I like, took a picture of some food from last night, and I think I had like a blue ribbon. And Chad was like, "What are you doing, man? You're in that uh, so great." I know, I know, I know. I'm literally like you in that like home of crap here and you're drinking that crap. So yeah, I got shouted out for
0: that. I love it. I love it, man. What about uh, you know, you know, I'm I'm curious. Like, how did you get your start? Like, just in yes. recruitment and like
1: events. Right? How how did you kind of get your start in it? So I I I, uh, I work for a company that is um still still around but were a big deal at the time a company called Monster, which you know yeah, was, uh, heard yeah you've heard of them yeah yeah they was a, they was a pretty big deal back in the day they kind of fell off a cliff over the last few years but I started working at Monster very early on in my career and it gave me a, a kind of. Uh, a, a really good upbringing in the market monsters a hard no sales environment you know so it' been to more kind of of a recruitment consultancy business and you, you know you got on the phone sold hard you hit your target you rung a bell and it went you know? uh, and did the same again the next day it was very old school in that way so it was a good upbring it's good learning my, my wife and business partner worked for tmp at roughly the same time so we were both from the from the industry so yeah, we kind of come through that way, the job boards, the ad agencies, never done the in-house myself, um, but, you know, started very small with the events. We um, we started when my wife was three months away from giving birth to her first child. We both got made redundant with each other, and it was during that late, Lehman Brothers sort of time, you know, that uh, like time, and yeah, 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 that time, yeah. So, you know, sensible people would get a payoff, and with three months to go for the birth, the first child would say... Let's go and buy a house or put it in the bank. We said, well, to start a business. This seems like a really good time to do that, uh, which was really stupid and really naive. But, hey, listen, it, it worked out. You know, we, you know, we started very small with some small networking events. And, you know, it just it snowballed. And that's the thing with RAGFest. It's snowballed over here. It's like pushing a boulder up the hill. And you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing. And eventually that boulder tips over the hill. And you look down and go, oh, yeah, no, we ain't catching that anymore because it's gone. Um, and that's what Wreckfest was, has been, you know, from year one, begging 100 people into a room to what it is now, 5,000 people in, in, in the UK. So um, it's funny, someone said to me the other day, Wreckfest is an overnight success. I said, it's been the longest night I've ever heard <laughs> has been. So, um, yeah, so no, that, that's how we got our start. started. Uh, yeah, if Wreckfest is an overnight success. Yeah, I'll, I'll show them some scars.
0: No, I, I, I mean, it's just... I feel like it's just a story of, you know, even just so many recruiters. I know, you know, it's like, especially on the agency side, which is, you know, kind of where I cut my teeth, you know, it's like people look at the, the big billers and the people who are successful and it's like, it's a lot of hard work, right. A lot of, a lot of time that people, you know, they don't see all the hard work that you put in. And, uh, you know, and then you start hitting the big numbers and then everybody's like, oh, you're just getting lucky. You're like, no, I've been doing this for so long. I've, I've made all the mistakes along the way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I know you mentioned like this, you know, having like sourcing being, you know, focused in the U.S. Um, like what are what are some of those other kind of core differences between the U.S. and, and the U.K.? And like
1: some, maybe some of the things you didn't even think about. I think the U.S. is far ta is far more aligned to the HR than in the U.K., in, in the UK, there is a, a fairly sizable gulf between talent acquisition and, and HR. In the US, the two seem a lot more alive, a lot more cohesive, a lot less friction between departments, which I think is a, is a really big thing. And um, Like I said, the sourcing side in, in the UK, not such a big thing. We have also have GDPR in the UK, which kind of kills off a lot of the sourcing tools and, and, and the ways in which we, uh, we find people. I think definitely from a seeker point of view, I found that the US speakers are a lot more professional in their approach to speaking at events. People really take it seriously. Like in the UK, you get a lot of people that say, oh, I'll send my presentation in the morning of the event and, you know, it'll be half-baked half, half baked and I'll work it out on the stage. And they think that makes them sound really cool when actually it just puts the fear of God into event organisers. But no, the US speakers have been amazing. You know, everything's two weeks ahead of time. They want a the particular presentation. They want to drive, run everything. Um, They've been fantastic, so I think the content's going to stand out massively next week. I'm really excited about that.
0: What, what, what
1: are you kind of like most excited about content-wise? Who's your favorite? I, 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 you know what? I, I get in trouble for this, but I'm happy to say it. Toranellis, Toranellis, to me is one of the greatest speakers I industry ever seen. He is unbelievably powerful. Um, he yeah. talks a lot on BI. He's like yeah. a preacher. He, he is. Unbelievably professional as so well. He brings thank you every single time and he makes a difference. And, and that's yeah. that's the key thing with events. If you're not if you're not doing this for a purpose, if your purpose as an event organizer is to make money, your event is failed immediately. You need a bigger purpose than that. And Torres brings purpose. You know, when I talk to Toronto, it's like, right, I want to get everyone thinking maybe two degrees either way. Like we're not going to turn anyone on 180, but if we can get people thinking a little bit differently. We've done our job today, and that's what Torrin brings. So, if anyone hasn't seen a Torrin Ellis talk, go and have a look. There's a, there's a ton of them out there from our events, um, and he's going to be talking on on the Thursday. So I'm really excited. All of the speakers are very good. Old caveat, so I'll caveat before I start getting messages from people saying why. <laughs> Torrin's always a personal favorite.
0: Yeah, I uh, actually heard him for the first time at the Global TA Day, and I was like, wow, what a just great storyteller, just like. I mean I I just think it's hooked people into the message and I, I love that idea, like you said, of you know it is hard to, it's hard to just I just think it's hard to kind of like change behavior and mind right when you have a talk in front of people. So like I love that mentality of like, all right, can we just get people thinking differently about
1: about things, right? And I think I, I think that's that's the key thing as a speaker. People always say to me, How do I get on stage? Especially at breakfast in the UK, because you know, the audiences are always yeah, you know, five hundred plus people in a, in any given time. So there's an opportunity to make an impact. It's it's come up with something new, have a, have a different perspective on something. But what is the outcome? What's the desired outcome you're looking for? If it's just a case study, fine. Do you want ten people to walk away and do things differently? Do you want um, to connect with people emotionally and make them calm, get them thinking in a different way? come to me with that. If you say, look, I've got an idea, I reckon we can change opinion, we can better industry. That's how you get and stay. Not just, hey man, oh, and that's the worst thing I get as well. When someone says, oh, I can talk at your event. Okay, I, can talk about they say, I can talk about anything. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> like, if I go to a restaurant in the UK, they say we've got Indian food, Chinese food, Italian food. It's probably not a good restaurant. Right? You know, we've got to know that. So people say, oh yeah, I can speak on anything. But that's an immediate red flag. I'm like, yeah. I'm
0: well, it's kind of like, um, I mean honestly like when people say oh i can just recruit for anything i kind of always think the same thing because i'm like okay if you're gonna be a great tech recruiter you can't just like walk into tech recruiting and start doing it right it's hourly recruiting is different recruiting nurses is different and it's like do you have the ability to do something sure but you gotta master you know what what so for you, okay, and and I guess like as an event organizer, like what are some of like the scariest things that like run through your mind?
1: Oh man.
0: Uh, <laughs> I want like, to stir the stirring the anxiety, don't you love it?
1: <laughs> no, we- weather's always a concern, It's uh it's 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 a festival, although everything is predominantly covered, you know, the, the, the stages are covered, the sponsors are covered, the what you know weather always, a concern. you know, you you're finding your health. To ransom by the by the elements. Um there's that part. Um I would be honest with you, this is the first event I've ever run with that signs outside saying no guns. That's a new one on me. That's oh, that's wow. brand new. Um, you know, we've got a uh, metal detects I think It's, it's national, right? It's a lot of the other states in the US is the one event we've got to do that. So that's the that's the new one. But I think um, speakers coming unprepared, tech going down, like the, the AV going down. Is, is just the worst, and I tell you what, there are some people out there that can really roll with that. And I'll, I'll use Lars. Uh, Lars Kinnett is a great example of someone. And you know, when, when people ask, when you look for in a host, like, a host is like your drummer with a band, right? Like, they're like a timekeeper. You just you, you, they, they need to be constant. And I've seen Lars um, have a speaker on stage, and the tech goes down, and the speaker freezes. And you know, it's a it's a rabbit in the headlight so Lars just grabs the mic, goes, "Okay, let's ask some questions." It just keeps that going, keeps it going until so the tech comes back up again, the AVs back up and run again. Boom, we go back into it. So that's what that's you know, when well, you're looking at hosts like you know Bill, um, uh, Lars, country know, guys, they're all brilliant at that. If if if, if it really hits the fan, what do you do at that point? How do you keep it rolling um, instead of just all sitting there for five minutes while the tech guys try and get it through?
0: What like what is the day um, like for you then? you know, everyone's having a good time. Like what, what, what is a day like for the, you know, for the, for the event organizer,
1: like the man behind the scenes? What is it like? Um, there's always fires. It just depends how big the fires are. Right. So, so there's always, something always goes wrong. Things will always go wrong. It's just that what, how big they are. So I'll give you an example. At breakfast in 22 in in, um, nice. in the UK, our ticketing system our checking system went down which meant we had people queuing for about two hours to get into the package. oh wow that's two hours to get into a hr event that's that's justin bieber levels of queuing right? you know, that, that's ed sheeran levels of queuing not to get in to talk about hr so that was really scary and presented you know a, a, an option do we just open the floodgates and let people in or do we want people queuing for another hour and we'd be open the floodgate? so yeah, it's 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 always fires. It's very degrees of fires. I think mean, when we did last year, twenty three in in the UK, very few fires, tiny tiny fires. So I'm hoping for very tiny fires next week.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's kind of. I mean, for you, it must just go just fly by them. Like the day yeah. the days just must 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 fly by. How do you uh, do? You have any kind of like routines or anything that you do like beforehand? That, like what are the days leading up like?
1: Yeah, um, definitely not going out with any of our speakers, in particular Bill Borman, the month before, because that has ended in in disaster before. Um, uh, but no, I, I think on the day, you know, in terms of the flying by, I, I always I took advice in front of mine. Before I got married, he said to me, on, on the day of your wedding, every hour, just take five minutes be with your wife, stand back and just observe it. Take it in. And I think when you're hosting an event, you have to do the same thing. It's really easy to get wrapped up and at the end of the day and go, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch the videos, but I'm not quite sure how it went. You need to take that time. You need to stand back and go, okay. You know, appreciate what's going on. Appreciate what you have done. What can we do better next year? But you know, definitely, definitely taking it in. Um, yeah, and, and trying to enjoy it as much as you can. It's hard, very hard, but, uh, but but trying to appreciate it on the day. Absolutely.
0: I love it, man. I love it. What uh, you know, for for people who are, are looking to go as well. Like give give us kind of like the layout of like what else they can expect. So you've got like the speakers and then like food and and like what what exactly are people
1: going to be able to expect? So I I think for anyone coming to the US event that hasn't been to the UK, it's going to be something completely different to what you've ever felt before. Even you know we put a lot into the experience side of it. Um, We're we're very big on on unique experiences and creating those kind of you know rememberable memorable moments. So I think first of all there's going to be that wow okay it's actually a festival and I think sometimes people thinking ahead it's probably going to be a conference center with bunting and you know a, a warm bar in. no it's outdoors we have the tents we have the bars so it's going to be that factor um, I think how far our partners go so the big difference with Wreckfest compared to some other events you're not looking when it comes to sort of you know, the partners and exhibitors um they're not stood there with a laptop and a a suit on trying to you know demo your product there's an element of that but they're bringing activations they're bringing um so for example in the uk smart recruiters bought a climbing wall and a bar so you could climb this massive two-story high wall and then there was a bar after it's experiential side of it it's creating stuff that becomes quite sticky from a mentality point of view and 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 creates that uh, emotional anchor to to the audience it is different to any other event, so I think that's a big thing. So when you look at list and go, "Okay, there's X, Y, and Z um, uh, vendor," yes, they're definitely there to say, "Hey, listen, if you want to try a product, But it's more about relationship building than anything else, and they do that in a very different way. Look out for Hacker Job next week. Hacker Job always brings some super exciting stuff to breakfast, so I'm quite looking forward to it. What's what what's the have- most like creative thing that you've seen? Ah, uh, I mean Hacker Job build a full-on two-story bar in, you know, in in, in, in uh, last summer. Um, we've had escape rooms, we've had climbing walls, we've had um, full-blown arcade, like, kind of booths built. Um, we've had a uh, two-story DJ tent. I mean, people go completely all out for this. So I think that I part's going to surprise people. That part's really going to surprise people. I think with the speakers, you're going to hear probably um, slightly more frank and less corporate. So, you know, because of that relaxedness, because it is a bit more casual, um, speakers feel a bit more open and a bit more honest, so you're going you're to get a lot of that. I think anyone going as a team, there's an element of kind of, hey, we haven't really been together physically for a while because of working from home in a pandemic, so there's a connection you get with your own team as well. And then the networking side of it, we put a lot of emphasis into, you know, real networking is gone. What this whole and Shake Business Club Networking, getting to know people on a personal level, creating those emotional, with people. Um, and, and, you know, what we want, we want people to wake up on that Friday and go, you know what, I've met a lot of really cool people. I've learned some smart stuff, I'm better at my job, and I'm feeling more willing and anxious to do what I need to do right now. Especially in this market, because the market sucks right now. And it sucks to be talented acquisition right now. You've been, you know, told no one wants you to be pandemic. Then so everyone rehired everyone, loads more money because you know we need to put our our stores open again and our trucks open again. And then because the market is because out of the TA's back on the back burner again and people are out of work. So it's a downfront industry and we want to give them a day where they're gonna go, actually it doesn't suck to be in TA anymore. You know, this is, this is actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh it's been just such a hard pendulum, I think, because it was just like, you know, pay's going up. It was, I just, I don't know. I was talking to, you know, I was hiring recruiters in 2021. And uh, I, I talked to I had to tons of offers. There's just so much excitement. I had people DMing me like, how do I become a recruiter? How do I get, get into this? Like, yeah, those DMs yeah. don't happen anymore. No one ever, no one's ever going, hey, I really want to be a recruiter. Um, so, yeah, and, and like I said, I just think the timing is is amazing and uh, i'm excited that this is the first event that i've been to in the in the industry and i went to one other one like eight years yeah. ago but this is the first one and i think i told you like i you know i love being online oh, yeah. i love meeting people i love having conversations but i think when whenever i've gone to corporate events and granted i've always worked for a company and so this time it's like i'm just going as myself and kind of doing my own thing and there's no pressure to like represent my my own company anytime i've gone to a networking event like it's just always felt like kind of forced a little bit awkward and like and and a lot of that i think is just my mentality in there but i also think like the atmosphere right like if you go somewhere and the atmosphere is like that then you feel like that so um i'm super excited and i'm i'm just I'm excited to experience like something different, but also like almost be like my first event in five, six years as well. So uh, meeting people in real life is amazing.
1: Excellent, man. We're on we're honored to make an album the first time. We appreciate it.
0: Let's go. Well, look, guys, I'm gonna put uh links to uh fest in the chat here. I'll also put a discount code i know it's you know next week but hey look you can uh you can make plans right now i know nathan won't be there because he's got a baby unless he's able to kind of get some get away but uh anyway guys i uh i appreciate everybody everyone in the chat everyone who's out there if you guys have questions for jamie directly i will uh, put his link as well in the the uh the comments so definitely you know connect with him obviously he's busy so i wouldn't necessarily just ask questions direct but you can go to the uh, rec fest website as well i'll put that link on there anna we will see you in nashville as well good to see you anna and um and jamie thank you so much for your time i will let you get back to just natural life enjoying uh everything that Nashville is and i look forward to uh meeting you it's not a lame okay. excuse nathan it's okay i have, I have kids too. <laughs> kevin are you gonna be there you better be there I know I get to meet Adam Posner too. That's kind of like one of my uh, favorite things because I've known him for years and never met him in life. So, uh, Jamie, any parting words for people as as,
1: uh, as you head out? Oh, listen, just, you know, look, there, there are tickets that are live. So if you can make it, if you can, you know, plan a trip. If you're in the area, make it, do what you can to get there because the FOMO that you're at, seeing all of that stuff on LinkedIn and it will take over LinkedIn for a couple of days, um you're going to have a year to sit there and, and, and skew on that so make the effort get yourself there
0: i love it all right jamie well i appreciate you thank you so much and uh we will meet in real life yes. next week and uh hopefully have a restful couple of days here thank you much. See you then. All right, see you. All right bye. Bye. uh and i think i would have thought that like with groomers it would be like quicker so do you get a lot of people kind of dropping out at that stage
2: yes we do unfortunately um a lot of grooming places a a groomer can walk into a salon and say i'm a groomer here's a couple photos that of my grooms i've been working at at PetSmart for a year or two and they get hired on the spot um you know that's that's not something that that we can do it it, it's especially interesting for us that they're, they're mobile groomers they're out there completely alone um, all day. We have to 100% trust their their skill level. If someone's in a salon environment, maybe they're one of 10 groomers there that day. They come across a dog and the owner wants a breed cut that they don't know how to do. There's other folks to ask for help or things like that. Um, so what we try to do is move through our interview process, process as quickly as possible um, so that we don't lose a candidate along the way. Um, so if we have somebody great who looks great on paper, our, um, our recruiting associate is going to screen them, they might give a heads up to the manager, hey, this is a, a great place, this is a great candidate that we have here. Um, keep some time open later this afternoon or tomorrow so that I may be able to just plug them right into your schedule within 24 hours. And then if that one goes well, maybe we were able to schedule that technical groom test within a couple of days. That's that's the perfect world, is being able to move that lightning fast where three different steps in the process happen within a week. Um, Do you have that
0: automated, the- that scheduling?
2: The scheduling? No, we don't have the, the scheduling automated.
0: But, they just, but they're just willing to kind of keep their schedule open. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a key to it, right? Because I just did a post today um, on Twitter where I just said, like, the biggest pieces around hiring and TA that go wrong are all human problems. And that is one of them. It's like, I don't think people understand how much of a nightmare it is just to get time on hiring managers. So I love that approach, kind of prepping them. What about on the back end? Like, what's the retention like? Because you have higher retention than, you know, PetSmart, or, you know, one of these other companies that's hiring groomers in the way that they're doing it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when recruiting is hard, retention matters so much more. Um, I'm incredibly proud that in the year and a half that I've been here, our quarter over quarter turnover percentage has decreased every single quarter. Um, you know, I say I'm proud of that, but it's certainly you know not just because of me. That's like, it's literally ev- everyone that like retention is everyone's job from the managers of the pet stylist, from their pet stylist peers who, you know, make a, a great team environment to our sales employees who are trying to book them the the right routes and dogs every single day. Um, so you know that's something I'm I'm very proud of. I, I think that you know just treating folks better is is the the absolute best way to, to go. Um, do we always get it right? No. Do we you know always put a maximum amount of effort into it? Absolutely to the point where we'll have folks that own other grooming companies kind of do a fake job application for us. So that they can get an interview and try to learn how we're keeping our groomers um, because they're not able to do so. So uh, it's something I've, I've been very proud of being able to retain our pet stylists way better than than historically and, and I think better than the rest of the industry as well.
0: Man, that's huge, especially with those hourly roles. I just think in general, it's really, really tough. And I love that emphasis on really just trying to treat people well. And it's, I know it's like so cliche, but it's like cliche because it's actually a thing and it's just something that I've noticed a huge decline in. I mean, I see it all the time at restaurants. Like you can just tell the server or the the line cook, whoever it is, you can just tell that they're just not treated well. And there's just not a culture of respect even for people. And I think it comes down to, you know, it's like you have to still find a meaning for people to do their job. And I, I think that you might sacrifice people throughout the interview process, which again, I think, you know, doing it quickly, like you said, is, is key still. Um, but you want to find people who actually care about the grooming, right? Like you said, so you're trying to find the people who like take pride in their work. Um, you know, and I, I think even at that level, like I know, I'm sure there are people who are super passionate about pet grooming and doing a great job. And then you probably have people who are just like, yeah, this is just a job for me and I don't really care. So um, I think that's massive. I I love that. Give us, I know we're kind of wrapping up on, on time here. When you're trying to build a culture like that, um, like, I guess, how do you, how do you maintain that? Like what are some of the things that you've seen work well in a year and a half that you've been there? Um, I know you mentioned like caring more about people and showing that, but like, how do you, how do you kind of get people motivated to even do that?
2: Yeah. Great question. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is something that you just mentioned, uh, people finding meaning in their work. Um, so a couple of things on that. Uh, all of our employees, when they're going through their first couple of weeks of, of onboarding before they actually go out and you know truly even produce revenue in real appointments for us, they all take the van to one of our rescue partners and they spend a full day there. We charge the rescue, nothing for that. And we try to and groom as many of those dogs at that rescue as possible, so that they are looking and, and feeling great, and a whole lot more likely to to get adopted. Um, and that's something that I think resonates with with all of us. Um, and you know that kind of gives a little connection and meaning to the work, which is which is really important for people to you know feel like they're they're doing something great um, in their job. Another example of that, um, you know. I mentioned we spend time with the pet parents at the beginning of the appointment and the end of the appointment, talking about how their dog's doing, what's going on with them, any issues, things like that, because we care so much about the health and wellness of the dog. We're we're not in the business of grooming a dog once; we're in the business of grooming your dog for its lifetime. And something that came up,
0: I'm loving this right now, man, because I just I'm like everything you're saying is just so like just how you build a great business, right? Like you're actually like genuinely care and uh, yeah sorry i just i just love i just love it
2: yeah yeah no problem um and and it gets better um you know i there's a story i I mean there's a lot of great stories but you know one that comes right to the top of my head is we we had a a pet stylist who found a cancerous tumor on one of our, our client's dogs and they were able to to notice it to point it out to that pet parent pet parent was able to get that dog to the vet and get it removed before it was too late. And the dog's cancer-free and, you know, it's still still with that pet parent every day. And, you know, I don't think that's going to happen in an environment where there are 20 dogs in the salon at one time and barking and making a ton of noise and stressing each other out. I don't think that's going to happen in an environment where employees are paid on a commission basis and want to do things as quickly as possible. Uh, when they're in an environment like ours where it's one-on-one care for the pets uh, and that there isn't a lot of distraction going on and there is no reason to rush through a groom, that's how something like that can be caught and something like that can be taken care of. And you know that, that dog is, is is still with us because of that, which is great.
0: Yeah, I love that. Honestly, if I'm thinking of like recruitment agencies when you're saying all this, because I'm just like, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and, you know, it's like the agency recruiting mindset is just, it's so much on commission. Right. And it's like, that is what's incentivized, which makes sense because you have a business and you want to get as much commission as possible. Um, But it also is a reason why a lot of times candidates don't have a great experience. And it's just like that lack of like actual time with candidates and okay. You notice like a blurry mistake on their resume instead of helping them out and being incentivized to help out. more incentivized to move on to somebody else that you can make money on and so you know and again when you look at a lot of like i'm talking about more of like the contingent style agencies here as well um historically they just have terrible turnover because it's that same thing there isn't like there's more of a love for commission than there is for the actual recruiting process of the businesses that are helping or the candidates are helping um so yeah, there's a lot to be said here. I think it's just that overall approach to business is uh, is what makes a difference. And then when you're recruiting people, like you're trying to find people who actually care. So um, I love it. Well look, I, uh, I know we're right at t- at the time. if uh, if people want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to connect with you on? Um, and you know if you want to share the career page as well, we can share that on on this social and any of the socials that I uh, post this on. Uh, but what's the best place for people to connect with you?
2: Sure, LinkedIn would be the be the best spot. Um, I'll certainly be checking my messages and you know checking them extra after this event. And happy to to chat with with anybody um, about what we've got going on at BarkBus and recruiting or or anything uh, in in that neighborhood of info.
0: Love it, and guys, if you have questions around jobs or you're you're wondering about uh, job search, DM me on on LinkedIn you know, I wouldn't DM Kirk about that. But if you're in recruitment, you're in TA, HR, whatever it is. I think if you're particularly in HR, and you're interested in TA, or the opposite, like if you're in talent acquisition, and you're looking to get out and looking to get into HR. I think Kirk is a really good resource for that as well. Like he's got a really strong HR background. But he also understands like the skill sets that are around recruitment. And he does some recruiting as well, right? So Um, definitely would advise reaching out. And I know recently I've had so many people in recruitment that are like, Oh, I'm looking to switch to HR, but like, how do I do it? What I will say is send him a connection request. And then if you're going to message always just be really, really, uh, kind of polite and understanding, you know, he's not just going to get back to you in like 10 minutes, not like me. He doesn't hang out on LinkedIn all day. Uh, but Kirk, I really appreciate it. Really cool hearing just like the strategies that you're using, what's working, what's not. Um and awesome to hear just the Barques journey as well. So thanks for spending the time on the show today.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. i've I've been a fan of your content for a while, and uh, I'm sure plenty of other listeners here here are. And if not, go check it out. Um, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to join you.
0: Yeah, I love it. And we will uh, I'll make the the notice as well when this gets re- released on Spotify and iTunes. You guys can see all the past episodes as well on iTunes and Spotify, just search for recruiting is no joke. Um, and then guys, everyone who was out there, I know, I think it was John that was out there that was kind of sharing some of his terrible experiences with, um, the Canada experience. Check out a podcast from a couple of weeks ago on my page around Canada experience. There are actually companies out there that are helping companies with this very thing. Um, and it is like, I think, I don't know if this is John, but it's the LinkedIn user just said great to hear that the human element is not taken over by AI look there are some ai tools that are actually helping us become more human okay because recruiters have a lot of monotonous tasks actually a lot of the ai i see is helping recruiters get good at what they do best which is connecting with people but yeah sir good to see you lakita great to see you uh henry natalie danielle uh heidi inga everybody else who commented really appreciate it and uh we will get the past episodes of of this podcast as well you could go to spotify to see them and then one last shout out to MetaView. view thank you so much for the sponsorship and kirk we will we'll talk later i'll have you stay on for just a second as i end this broadcast but see you guys have a good week